I said, hey, yeah! Hey, where the red team at real quick? Where the blue team at real quick? I love it. 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 Hey, real quick. Real quick. I just love y'all. Y'all, y'all bringing the energy already. I love it. Hey, real quick. I know he's not here, but can you just give it up one time for Pastor Chris, your DYD, who's awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, asinine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask me to spell it. I can't. I can't. Hey, and then uh, just because he's here and he's literally the best person. I, once I say the best person, you already know who I'm talking about. Right? Can you just give it up for your lead pastor? <laughs> pastor Joey Silva and Pastor Cease is here. Okay, okay. More importantly, can you give it up just for their girls? Can you just give it up for <laughs> Josie and Liz? <laughs> Real talk, real talk. We could just bring them up here, and you got your money's worth of camp right now. Uh, Pastor Joey has a picture of, of Josie praying, and if you want to see it later, you can, but we don't have it. But it's just amazing, and that just lets you know the example that your former youth pastor, your now lead pastor, has set for you, and he lives it because his daughters are doing it. And so I just want to honor Pastor Joey for allowing me to come out and hang out with students from the greatest city in the country. I love it. You know, I had to rep today. I had to rep today. If you're like, nobody played, you know, with number 93, you're right, I did. All right. <laughs> hey, do we have the picture, Jonathan? Here, do we got it? Do we have it? The picture? Hey, this is my wife, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my wife. You know what I'm saying? That's my wife. Yeah, yeah. So this is my wife, Ariel Christine Marty. She's amazing. She's out of my league. She's drop dead gorgeous. And uh, she's my best friend. She didn't just put me in the friend zone. She put me in the brother in Christ zone. Yeah, that's like harder to get out. You feel me, though? You feel me? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, I'm going to write a book one day on how to get out of it. I'll give you a free copy. I'll sign it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is my wife. We met at college. So that means go to college. We met at a leadership college down in Springfield, Missouri, old Spring Vegas. And we never left. As you can tell, I'm wearing a uniform. All right? I'm not an ROTC, all right? I like that. I am an engineer soldier in the United States Army, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if you ever hear me do that, it's just because I'm, a, I'm just a boot, is what we call it. I'm just a boot. I just say that is what we say in the Army. But it, Pastor Joey makes fun of me because it sounds like somebody's, like, gagging. You know, like, when I say amen, y'all say amen, right? In the army, when I say whoa, everyone says whoa. <laughs> so uh, we're not, I'm not gagging when I do it, you know? Like, I'm not, I promise. Um, y'all ready to get into the word? I know y'all are. I know y'all are. Here's the deal. If somebody's falling asleep next to you, you have my full permission to pinch them in the back of their arm right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That, they teach us that in the army to stay awake. It works. It hurts. But if y'all start fighting, that's on you. Your lead, your lead pastor's here. All right. Hey, Pastor Chris has done something all week with you guys speaking. And if you've been paying attention, he's been speaking on the gospel all week. All week. You know, night one, where we talk about releasing anger, right? That there's freedom from that. That there's salvation from that. Last night, what we talk about, or yeah, the other night, yes, last night, we talked about what? Somebody tell me. Forgiveness, right? There's freedom, there's salvation in that. And in this session, we talked about being ambassadors of Christ, amen? Huh? <laughs> so this whole, this whole, this whole, I'm going to be, the mic is right here, so if it feeds back, I'm sorry. So this whole weekend, we're talking about the gospel, and what do you think I'm going to talk about now? The gospel. Me and Chris, Pastor Chris Stanley didn't talk. We didn't like match our shoes and talk about, hey, what are you talking about? Let's do that. No. So there's something that obviously the Lord wants to speak to you because there's a theme that's going on. And so when I say y'all ready, I want you to say we ready. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? In Romans 1.16, Paul makes a powerful statement that will put our hearts and minds in the right perspective for this session's word. All right, any Lecrae fans, any Minio, right? So if you know them and you know the 116 click, this is what they get this whole, this whole idea from. Let's read it. Romans 1, 16. I'm reading from the Amplified Version because it says amp, and I'm just amped up about Jesus, all right? Here's what it says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news. That's in parentheses, the good news. Because it's good news. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone. Everybody say everyone. In St. Louis, they say everybody. Everybody who believes in Jesus. Is there anybody unashamed in here today? It's easy to be unashamed of the gospel when you know what it does for you. Right? It's easy for some of you to be unashamed of certain things because you know what it is. You understand it. And I love that Pastor Chris has talked about the gospel all week because, again, if you've been awake and paying attention, by now you should understand what the gospel is and what it does for you. What does the gospel do for you? It changes everything. It changes everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, it changes everything. Yeah, yeah, be weird and, and creepy and whisper that. It changes everything. Everybody say it with me. It changes everything. So, like, what are some things that, like, change everything? I love Pastor Joey because we just bounce off ideas, and I've just been talking to him. Um, we talk about food a lot, and I'm going to reference Pastor Joey and food throughout this sermon. Is be, and Pastor Chris did, and I was like, that's amazing because I'm literally doing the same thing. And so that's how you know your pastor is amazing. He's got great taste. He's got great taste in students, and he's got great taste in foods. One of the weirdest food combinations that I enjoy don't judge me. I already feel you, bro. Don't judge me. I like, I like to toast bread. All right? Some of y'all are like, ugh, gluten. <laughs> I like to toast bread. And real talk, no cap, I, I like peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You're like, no, hard pass? Sturdy, no? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you something. We were so broke. <laughs> Hey, hold it down. We were so broke one time, and my mom used to do this, but she she's the one that got me on it. She's like, hey, let me put you on some. I'm like, bet. 
She's like, we didn't really talk like that, right? I was like, Mom, we don't have jelly in the house. She goes, we got something better. I said, what we got? She goes, we got mayonnaise. Changed my life. When I put mayonnaise on that peanut butter sandwich, it changed everything. How about this? How about this? Y'all remember the first time you dipped your pizza in ranch? Right? You're like, how many of you, by a show of hands, you dip your pizza in ranch? All right, how many of you, how many of you are like, ew, gross? I'll pray for you. It's good. Altar call just for that. Right? You dipped your, you dipped that pizza in that ranch, and what did it do? It changed everything. All right, how about like, maybe like Wendy's fries and Frosties? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He, he said, no brainer. Pastor Joey helped me out with that one. He's like, can you imagine that guy that was just chilling? He had a Frosty and fries. He's like, hey, I'm going to dip this fry in this Frosty. I want to know what his brain, you know, what he was going through. To, like, maybe he had a breakup. He's like, I just did something. She left me, but, you know, whatever. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, what about, like, good food combos? You know, like, like something that's, like, really, really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Like steak and potatoes. Okay. <laughs> No, he said it. He said, he said ketchup and rice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, hold it down. So, so something about me, I have a twin brother. My twin brother looks like Primo. It's really weird. Every time I see Primo, where's Primo at? He's right here. Every time I see Primo, I look, I look at, I'm like, that's my twin brother. If he ever comes up, you know, with me at some point, you guys need to preach it together. But he loves rice and ketchup. It's weird. But, hey, you do you. You do you. This changes everything when you, when you, when you experiment. You know what I'm saying? Get a little weird with some of your food. But it changes them. It changes the way you eat. So today's title of the sermon, yeah, bingo, you guessed it, is called This Changes Everything. Everybody say that. This changes everything. <laughs> the gospel changes everything. Not just some things, not just here and there things, everything. We're going to look at this evening, the book of Acts, hallelujah, chapter 8. And we're going to follow a story of a man called Philip. I'm going to call him Philly for the rest of the night just because that sounds way more fun. But his name is Philip for biblical context, and so I'm not blaspheming the Bible. (laughs) Who was unashamed and shared the gospel with someone in an awesome way. So what are we talking about tonight? Now that we know the gospel, we understand the gospel, and what it does to us, it changes everything. What do we do with that? We say, go, change your world, reach your schools. You're like, great. How? How do I do that? I'm going to help you. We're going to help you out tonight. We're going to do it. Philip, let me give you a little background on Philip, my guy Philly. He's lit. Not to be confused with the apostle Philip, so it's not the same one. It's just a regular guy you know, who experienced the power of Jesus and is now being used by the Holy Spirit to point people to Jesus. That's like you and me. In Acts 8, an angel tells Philip to start heading south of the town he was in. When he didn't know, what he didn't know is he was going to run into the treasurer of the nation of Ethiopia and what will end up being an amazing story. What's happening? Philip is just chilling. Holy Spirit goes, hey, Phil. Yeah, Holy Spirit. I need you to head to the south side and uh, save all the Sox fans. And <laughs> that's not in the Bible. He said, hey, I need you to head south. 
I need you to head south. Philly, head south. So let's read it. Y'all ready to read the word of God? Acts 8. I'm going through 29 through 31 and 34 through 35. I don't have it on the Sky Bible. You're just going to have to use your phone. I know, I know y'all like to use your phones anyway. You know, that's why I call it the Sky Bible. It's not there. It's not there. Here we go. Acts 8, 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So he's chilling. Holy Spirit's like, you see that carriage, this caravan going by, this convoy? Go walk beside it. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, reading scripture. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Stop, pause, wait a minute. Let me put some knowledge in it. This is crazy. This would be like somebody walking up to your car, right? So, you know, I, I know David is here. Uh, you know, I know Edwin is here. We're like, any other like rockers here? You guys like like rock music, like metal music? No? Yeah, some guys in the back, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, like that, you know, like that stuff, you know? <laughs> you know? So can you imagine like you're in your car, driving up Belmont and whatever, and you got the windows rolled down, and you're just blasting whatever music, you know, whether whatever language it's in, you know, right? And you're driving, somebody comes up to your window, bop, 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 bop. You're like, I don't got no money. Get away from my car for, you know what I'm saying? And he goes into your window. He's like, hey, do you know what you're listening to? That's what's happening right now. That's what's, ha- that's what's happening. Let me bring it down to this world. It's like somebody asking if you understand the music that's playing on your radio, right? As weird as it is, there's a reason Philip asks about what the treasure is reading. Check this out. Here we go. Verse 31. The man replied, how can I? So remember, Philip said, hey, do you know what's happening? Do you, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what's happening? He says, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Pause. Again, if somebody just went up to your car, was like, you know that music? That's my favorite song. Are you going to let them come into your car? That's weird. Don't do that. That's dangerous. Right? Right? You're like, if a guy comes up and is like, oh, my gosh, you're playing Small by Mente. It's my favorite song. Can I come inside the car? And you're like, sure. Right? You're like, that's weird. This is a weird moment, right? You're kind of like, this is just random. <laughs> I love this. It turns out that the treasure was reading an old prophecy about a savior giving up his life for the world. And the treasure didn't understand what it meant. Watch what Philip does next. Watch this. Hold up. Wait a minute. The eunuch asked Philip, the treasurer says, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And that's how that ends right there. This story ends in such a cool way. So I'm just going to blast through it real quick. Through Philip sharing the good news with Jesus and how it changed his life, the treasurer gives his life to Jesus on the spot. Right there. Boom. In the whip. In the car. Windows down. Boom. What are you reading? Well, I'm reading this. Do you know what it means? No. Can you help me? Yes. It's about a Savior. And I have met, and I know that Savior. That Savior, his name is Jesus, and he's changed my life. Treasure's like, tell me more. Get saved on the spot. This story gets a little crazy, too. They find a little pond, and they hop out the whip, and Philip baptizes the treasurer right on the spot. Boom. Baptize them immediately. Right? If you have not been baptized, you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. As soon as they come out of the water, 
check this out, right? One of these, right? Right? The Holy Spirit, true story. This is crazy. This is some like Marvel stuff right here. The Holy Spirit teleports Philip to another town. Boom, gone. Blink him an eye. And the treasurer's life is changed forever. Say, this changes everything. This changes everything. I want to share with you quickly, quickly, quickly. Three steps. Everybody say three. So that means it's very easy for you to write these down. As you should. Because this week, this week will mean absolutely nothing if you don't take what's happened in this place with you. And how are you going to remember what God has spoken to you if you don't write it down? Write it down. Listen, listen, I'm going to try not to be boring. And a way that you can help is just laugh at my not funny jokes. All right, ha, 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 I'll fight you later. But, again, if the gospel has changed you and has changed your life, you have a duty to tell somebody about what's happened to you, like Philip. Three ways, three steps, you and I can share the gospel with others. First step in sharing the gospel is this. Number one, follow God's lead. Follow God's lead. Three words. Super easy. Type it. Type it. You got your phone. You got your pen. You can tell I'm pretty serious. You can tell I really want you to pay attention to this one. Because people's lives are counting on it. Your school is counting on it. Your workplace is counting on it. Your family is counting on it. Follow God's lead. Look at verse 29. It says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. As soon as Philip heard the Holy Spirit say, go, what did he do? He went. I'm going to say that again so y'all really get it. As soon as Philip heard the Holy Spirit say, go, he went. He went. Philip trusted God, dropped what he was doing, and followed God's lead. He could have had other plans. He could have been headed a different direction. But Philip having experienced the power of the gospel in his own life, understood that, the, that following God's lead meant that something extraordinary was about to happen. Are you too busy for the gospel? Is there room for the gospel in your schedule? Is there room for people in your schedule? Is there, I saw, I, I'm, thank you for being honest. She's like, no, no, no. God's going to make that happen. God's going to use you. Watch. Watch that happen. If you and I are going to share the gospel, the first step is following God's lead. Following God's lead. That means being ready to stop what you are doing and go when God speaks. It's creating space in your life, in our lives, for God to interrupt and redirect. To interrupt and redirect. It's living with open hands and an open heart that invites God to be in the driver's seat of our lives, right? We were talking about Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel, right? That's what he's saying. What does that look like? So here's a little story. What does that look like following God's lead? When I was in high school, I went to South Elgin High School out in Elgin, Illinois, and uh, a new kid came to school. His name was Stacy. So, yeah, well, I mean, 2022. Uh, 
<laughs> no, it's funny. So his name was Stacy. He was new to school. He came from Las Vegas, and and he walked into the room, and I felt something inside of me say, "Hey, say hi to him." I'm like, "That's kind of little," but what's what's gonna ha- what what else could happen? I say, "Hey, man." <laughs> Yo, what's up, dude? It's history class. He's like, mm, "What's up, man?" I get to lunch. And I feel a tap on my shoulder while I'm at the at the pop machine. He's like, Stacy, he's like, hey, I'm new to the school, and you're the only person that said hi to me today. Can I sit with you? I was like, yeah, man, yeah, man. Like, I'll show you around. He goes, you show me around? I said, when's your next class? He goes, I got to have a free period. I was like, and me too. So we hung out in the cafeteria, then he, you know, the hallways were cleared, and he's like, actually, you know, I, I, need, I think I need to go to this classroom and meet this teacher. I said, I'll walk you there. He goes, okay. So we go. We're talking about live. Hey, my name is Izzy. What's supposed to pop in? You know, I like this kind of music. We're just chilling. There's a piece of trash on the floor, and I pick it up. I just pick up the piece of trash, and I throw it away. He goes, he goes, are you a Christian? Kind of weird, right? <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, are you a Christian? I'm like, did I cuss at all before this? Or like, what's that? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah. yeah. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He goes, I could tell. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what? I started laughing. I was like, why? He's like, I'm like, yeah, why? Why? He goes, you're the only person that said hi to me. You stayed and you didn't have to. And what other person picks up trash in the middle of the hallway? I'm like, I'm like, you know, some of y'all walk by trash. Some of y'all, some of y'all need to know the gospel. You know what the gospel looks like? It looks like picking up trash. It looks like sitting with somebody that's in the school. It looks like, hey, how can I help you? What do you need help with? I had things to do. I had a place to be. I had girls to holler at. You know what I'm saying? I had places to be. I'm, over here, I'm trying to holler at Stacy, and I'm over here with Stacy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. Hey, that's not in the note. That's funny. I don't care what you say. Some of y'all aren't laughing, and that's fine. That's fine. He's like, are you a Christian? I say, yeah. He goes, I can tell. Can people tell that you're a Christian? Man, I'm, listen, I came ready to preach tonight. Can people tell that you're a Christian? Stacy became my best friend. My best friend. Stacy was a black man. And what Stacy <laughs> hey, what Stacy didn't know is that I made a conscious choice when I was a teenager to be prejudiced. If you weren't Puerto Rican, if you weren't Latino, if you weren't Hispanic, I didn't like you. On sight. Even if I didn't know you, I, on sight, I didn't like you. God brought this African-American man into my life. And it's because I listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Stacy and I ended up creating a Bible study. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we would sit at our flagpole. And we would preach the gospel together. All because I smiled at him. Because I picked up trash. All that from a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Could God speak to you at the grocery store? Can he speak to you at the gym while you're at practice? Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, always be ready to follow God's lead and get ready for something awesome to happen. Follow 
God's lead. The second step in sharing the gospel with someone is take a risk. Take a risk. Verse 30, here's what it says. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? Philip took a huge risk by running up to a royal carriage. This is like, this is like the president's caravan. You know what I'm saying? With all the little flags that are just flapping in the wind. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell which one he's in because they all have like extra tinted windows. Right? And speaking to someone of royalty without... Uh, uh, without rapport, without resume, without uh, uh, an appointment. He just went up to him. Huge risk. That was enough to get him killed. On sight, you can't just be walking up to people's cars. We strapped out here. But Philip understood that the good news of Jesus was worth the risk. The gospel is worth the risk. You, you heard Pastor Chris talk about these martyrs. They understood the risk. And Jesus was worth the risk. I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus is worth the risk. That's it. Boom. Here we go. Philip. Philip knew that even if there was a chance that the treasurer would not choose Jesus, he would do whatever it would take to tell him about Jesus. It's not up to you to figure out whether or not they're going to receive it. It's not up to you. It's not up to you to to, to get to a class or to get to that friend. And, well, I really feel like I should share my story with them and what God did in my life at Breakaway and how he's freed me from some things. But there's a chance that, like, they think I'm weird and I just don't want to do it. That person's worth the risk. Jesus is worth the risk. He's worth the risk. Sharing the gospel can be risky and even a little scary. I'm not going to lie to you. The biggest thing at risk, right, is, is our reputation. Some of y'all care about that a little too much. Sorry. Not sorry. Everyone cares about what others think about them. I know some of y'all are like, I don't care what nobody say about me, man. I'm out here. You see these? <laughs> I'm chilling. You see them? Uh, don't trip. Don't lie. You care. Everybody cares. Everybody cares what somebody says about that. What's at risk in that moment? Our reputation. Everyone cares about what other things about. And any time our reputation is in question, fear creeps in. And it causes us to ask questions like what? What will people think of me? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Am I going to look weird? Will they be mad or offended? And here's one. What if I'm wrong? What, what if I'm wrong? And it's questions like these which cause us to shrink back, to, to take steps away from people, to take steps away from the gospel instead of sharing the greatest news ever. Fear, listen to me, fear makes it about us, what we are afraid to do. But faith makes it about God, what he did and what he can do. The gospel is not about you. And when you allow fear to let you shrink back, you make the gospel about you. And the last time I checked, you didn't hang on a cross. The last time I checked, you didn't live three years perfect. Well, his whole life perfectly did three years of full-time ministry perfectly. You didn't do that. When you are afraid and when you allow fear to shut your mouth and when you allow fear to, to, to get you frozen in one spot, 
You're making the gospel about you. But when you're in faith, you make it about God, what he did, what he can do. Fear causes us to worry about something that hasn't even happened yet. You haven't even made that conversation with that person, and yet you're already 10 steps ahead of what could happen. Don't. That's what fear does. But faith, faith gets us excited. Come on, get excited. (laughs) I'm just making sure y'all wake. Faith gets us excited for what happens next. Philip stepped out in faith, and God used him powerfully, powerfully. And God wants to do the same with you. Hey, God wants to use you. God doesn't just want to use Pastor Joey. God doesn't just want to use Pastor Chris. God doesn't want to use Pastor me. God God doesn't just only want to use your leaders, who you rely on. God wants to use you. Where's Gigi at? Gigi, what up? Where's Gigi? Say hi. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. He wants to use your story. He wants to use your heart. He wants to use you. Where's Matt at? Where's Matt? Matt, God wants to use you. Whether it's through your art, whatever it is, God wants to use you. Don't be afraid. Be in faith. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. The last step in sharing the gospel is this, point three. Make it personal. Make it personal. Listen, every point has been three words. I didn't do that on purpose. (laughs) I did. It just worked out that way. Verse 31 says, the man replied, the eunuch says, the, the treasurer says this. How can I, unless someone instructs me, and he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. He said, hey, man, hop in. We're going to Chick-fil-A. The treasurer asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? It's just like, who is this about? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Philip took a risk that led to an invitation to sit with the treasurer and have what? Not a three-point sermon, not a retreat, a conversation. A conversation. That conversation led to an opportunity to share about Jesus. Scripture doesn't say it, but it's safe to say that Philip talked about Jesus. It's pretty simple, right? Do you know Jesus enough to talk about him? Do you know Jesus enough to talk about? Who's Jesus to you? Who's Jesus to you? If I were, if, if, if I were to ask you right now, who is Jesus to you? Do you know enough to talk about him? Do you know enough to share with me who Jesus is? That's an honest question you have to ask yourself. And you have to answer it honestly. If you're at a place tonight and you're like, I couldn't answer that. One, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. You've got leaders. You've got pastors. And newsflash, you have the word. Here's, here's something. Don't take your leader's word for Jesus. Take Jesus' word for Jesus. I mean, he'll tell you about himself, the power of his word. He shared his, his life with him, and, and he was introduced to Jesus, and the treasurer's life was opened up to the love of Jesus. Here's what you can say to people. You're like, great. All right, Pastor Izzy, I hear you. I need to um, 
I need to not be afraid, all right, check, you know, I need to uh, do this, and I hear what you're saying, you know, uh, I'm, I'm ready to follow God's lead, I'm ready to uh, make it personal, I'm ready to take a risk, all these things, but what do I say? You ever been in that spot? What do I say to that person? You know, here's something that you could practice with. I was, I am, because of. I was, I am, because of, I was lost in sin. I was angry. I was angry. For me, I was angry at my dad for years. And then he died. What do I do with that? I was upset. I was frustrated. I'm taking it out on everybody. I'm taking it out on myself. My wife is being a, 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 a victim of, of this anger inside of me. I was, I am, I am set free. I am different. I am full of peace. I am full of, of the fruit of the spirit. I am different. I am different. I was this. I'm different now. Why? Because of, because of Jesus. That's that simple. That's, that's yours. That's how you start that conversation. Hey, I was this, but I'm not anymore. I am this now. Well, how'd you do that, man? What, what book did you read? <laughs> it's like it's a really thick one, <laughs> depending on the translation. What podcast did you listen to? What inspirational quote did you have tattooed on your ribs? <laughs> None of that. You're going to say, I, I was introduced to someone named Jesus, and he changed everything. Say, this changes everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap up, I promise. I was lost in sin. I am free from sin because of him, because of Jesus. But they have to see the change. Hear me. They have to see the change in you. You can say it all you want till you're blue in the face. But if you're not picking up trash, right? You know, it is really funny that you thought that. If you're not, if you walk around as a pessimist, if you walk around negative or, or what, and you're saying God's changed me, and they're like, bro, you've been the same person for like the past ever. It's really not going to make a difference, is it? If Jesus has changed your life, then have a changed life. Don't go back. Don't go back to the things that you, that you left here at this altar this week. Go back, change, because if, if he can do it. God has changed your life. Is that. I think we tend to overcomplicate things. I'm going to share a, a, an illustration and, and a few more things, and then I'm going to close. Anyone, I'm going to say this, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, because we already talked about it. Anyone in the room of foodie? Y'all just, you know, you like all kinds of food. Where are my picky eaters at? Yeah. <laughs> if you have to say depends on it, then yeah, you're a picky eater. My wife and I, by the way, I call her name is Ariel. Don't call her this because that's what I call her. You're not her husband. I am. I'll fight you. I call her Duke. I call her the Duke. I'd be like, you know, Duke, what's poppin'? What's good? How you doing? You know, Duke. So she loves it. So Ariel and I, a.k.a. Duke, we love food. And we love coming to Chicago because Joey loves food. 
And it only makes sense that when you come into the realm and the kingdom of Chicago, you pay your dues and you visit the mayor of Chicago, Pastor Joey Silva. You got to see him. You got to check in. When you're in the hood, you got to check in. You can't just be roaming around the block without checking in. What's wrong with you? You're catching, you know what I'm saying? You got to check in. So Ariel and I do what we're supposed to do as Christians, followers of Christ. We check in. And Joey always takes us to a new spot, right? He's always got a new spot for us. If you've been out to dinner, been out to lunch, been out to breakfast, my wife loves breakfast. My wife loves breakfast. There's like Jesus and all his goodness and glory in the Bible. Then there's breakfast and then there's me. And it's okay. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can remember a couple of different times where we walked out of a restaurant, right? And, and if it's a really good place, we, we end up talking about the place that we just ate out, ate at as we're walking out. Like, we just do that, right? I remember there are other times I've walked out of a restaurant talking about how awesome it was while people were walking in. And most of the time, the people about to walk in will ask, how was it? No, they want to know. They see somebody really excited about ramen, no, he did take me to the ramen spot. It was fine. What was it called? Yeah. I don't know how to say that, but yeah, is that any anime people here? <laughs> so people ask, how was it? And without hesitation, I start to tell them about my experience, right? How good the food was, you know, what they should order. Like, don't get that. Get this and get extra this on the side. You know, do that. It doesn't really matter that we've never met before. I know That if I could just, if they could just taste what I tasted, they love the restaurant as much as I do. We never met before, but I just know, I want to tell them. I know that if they taste and see what I have tasted and seen, they would love this place. Somebody sees where I'm going. Somebody sees where I'm going. My biggest motivation is that I don't want them to miss out on something that could make their day and night. I wonder, I wonder if we could talk about Jesus the way we talk about our favorite food spot. I wonder if we could talk about Jesus the way we talk about our favorite TV show. And I'm not knocking TV shows. That's something Joy and I talk about a lot too. I'm not knocking food spots. I'm not knocking the things that you enjoy, that you're passionate about it because I believe God has put that passion inside of you. But what I'm asking you tonight is are those passions for all those those other things more than your passion for Jesus. You're not going to be able to share the gospel unless you're passionate about Jesus over everything else. Sharing the gospel, check this out, when you're sharing it with your friends, with people, right, it's not debating. You're not here to debate. You're not here to try to be right. We talked about, Pastor Chris said it, you're, you're going to get things wrong, and you're not going to get things right. The only person that can always be right it's Jesus. So you're not here to debate. Hey, I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to try to be right. It's not trying to sell something to someone. It is a personal, relational conversation. What did Philip have with the treasurer? Somebody say it. A conversation. It's a, it's a conversation. It wasn't knock on the door. Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Jesus? You know <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's personal relational say personal say relational say conversation it's telling someone this 
Here's what my life looked like before Jesus. Here's the moment I met Jesus. Here's what my life like, looks like after Jesus. The same Jesus who I have a relationship with wants a relationship with you. You know, you don't, you don't tell somebody, yo, I ate at the most amazing spot ever. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to punch you in the face. We finna fight. Not you, though. You look like you could scrap. Yeah, she goes, what, me? Yeah, you. I'm scared of you. And I know who your daddy is, so I'm chilling. By sharing with others what God has done in you, it can open them up to what God can do in them. Let me say that again. By sharing with others what God has done in you, it can open them up to what God can do in them. Can I have, George, Jonathan? Jonathan, can you just strum a little bit? Make me sound super spiritual. I think back to pastors. This is my clothes. Youth pastors and youth leaders and other regular people who didn't wait for me to get into the doors of the church, but met me where I was at. I wasn't always saved. They got their hands dirty and they loved me. Do you know your 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 lead pastor, Pastor Joey, is a prime example of meeting people where they're at. And some of you know this firsthand. That before anybody saw you, he saw you. And that's Jesus. That's the heart of Jesus. You and I are here today because someone else decided to follow God's lead. To take a risk and to share personally what God did in their life with us. And God is calling us, you and me, to do the same. I'm going to end with this story. And then we're going to do something. You see note cards on your seat. They're not for what you're going to do earlier. This is for this next moment. So don't graffiti on them. Don't doodle on them because I want you to keep these. I want to share a story of me at an outreach. I was leading worship somewhere in Podunk, Missouri. I don't know where we were. It was a small town, a small church. And I wasn't leading worship. This was before anybody knew I could sing. I was just kind of in the background like, hallelujah, you know, just chilling. And I remember being on the platform and I wasn't a new Christian, you know, I was in college, and, and we got to an altar moment, kind of like the one we're about to do, and, I, and I'm singing back here, super awkward, because I didn't know how to, like, do stuff up here, and there's a guy, uh, Myron, right? That's your name? I'm just making sure I got it right, because I'm doing names. About where, where he's sitting, and I'm there, and I'm just worshiping the Lord, I'm just being in the Lord's presence, like, ha, Jesus, you're good. Love you, Lord, me and you. And, and there's a moment where the music comes down and people are crying out. And I see and I see this guy right over there. I see it now. He kept doing this number. He'd get out in the aisle and then come back in. And he would step into the aisle and I no, I hesitated and he'd get back in the aisle. And I'm like is he waiting for the fast song? Like, what is he doing? You know, this is living, right? Maybe everybody know living is, right? I'm like, the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He says, right now, he is praying and asking me to send somebody to go and get him because he's afraid. And I'm like, me? Little background vocals, me? He's like, 
yes, he's asking me right now. I'm like, um, but I got to sing. I need you to go. But, like, that's going to look weird. Like, what if I'm wrong? Like, that's just an awkward situation. Like, I just got to, I need you to go. I don't know about this one. And I wish I could tell you in this moment that I was super spiritual and I was a super saiyan Christian and I got off the platform and I said, come, my brother, the Lord is calling you. That didn't happen. I was afraid. And I shrunk back. And I cried. I felt ashamed. And he came forward. And he gave his life to Jesus a little while after. And the second I saw him come down with tears on his face, I was like, thank God I didn't mess that up. I did. Fast forward after the service, after we all wiped the snot bubbles from our nose and and our eyes, and I'm in the bathroom. You know, I feel awful about myself. I'm like, man, I'm I'm not a Christian. I'm awful. Lord, why me? I'm washing my hands and he's there and he's, you know, using the bathroom and I look at him and I start to cry in the bathroom. This is weird. I start crying and he's like looking at me. This is so funny. I'm crying now, but he's looking at me like, why are you looking at me, man? So I wait, you know, I look away. trying to wipe the tears. He starts washing his hands, and I wait till he's done. By the way, if the Lord gives you a word for somebody in the bathroom, wait. All right, don't be weird like me. So we're in this moment. We're in this moment, and he turns to me, and I am just, my eyes are red, and I'm crying. And he looks at me and goes, are you okay? I say, I say, hey, you don't, you don't know me or need to, but I wanted to say I'm sorry. And his eyes started to well up. He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, the Lord told me that you were afraid and that you were asking him for someone to come and get you. I said, is that right? He's like, yeah. And he starts to cry. You got two guys crying in the bathroom. He goes, yeah, that's me. That that was me. I said, hey, man, I was supposed to come and get you. And I'm sorry that I didn't do it. He said, it's okay. It's all right. I forgive you. I was like, man, I'm telling you right now, we'll never probably meet again. But I will never let this happen again. And, and I think back, we hug in the bathroom. And we go our separate ways. And I was thinking about that story. And when it comes to sharing the gospel, here's the reality. God doesn't need you, but he wants to use you. He responded. He responded. He, he came down front. Who missed out in that moment? I did. I missed out to be stretched. I missed out on an opportunity to be used by God to share the gospel. There are people in your life, and there's people in your family, and there's people at school or at work or wherever it is that you find yourself the most, and they're waiting for you. And some of them don't even know it yet. 
And you're just saying day in and day out, I wish somebody would help me. I wish somebody would see me. I don't feel seen. And God wants to use you to do it. But we're afraid and we're worried about what they would say and what they would think. And listen, God wants to use you. He wants to stretch you. He wants to uh, uh, have you advance the gospel and build his kingdom. But that can't happen unless you go. What did Philip do? The Holy Spirit said, go, and he went. And I I know things are going to get scary. And I know things are going to be a little bit intimidating. And and God might call you to, to share your story with the one person that you absolutely can't stand. But they need Jesus. And God wants to use you. Don't allow the enemy to stop you in your tracks. God can use you. God can use you. Who is the person that God is calling you to reach? And I know for a fact as I ask that question, there's faces flashing before your eyes right now. There's faces. The boys. Your girls. Your friends. A coach coach your boss God wants to use you he wants you to follow his lead he wants you to take a risk and he wants you to make it personal if Jesus changed everything why wouldn't you want to share that if you're different if you were in the mud and then in the muck and in the mire and in the clay and God pulled you up and placed your feet on solid ground, what kind of person sees somebody else in a ditch and has found a way out and doesn't tell them how to get out? That's not you. That's not what we teach. That's not what your pastor has poured his life and his soul into. His family, his whole, his whole life surrounds the uh, uh, circles around this one thing that Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. And, and when I look at him and his devotion, it challenges me. And I'm like, Lord, if there's ever a chance that you can use me, I'll do it and I'll go. And I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I'll do it because if that person can be changed, if you can change someone like me, I know you can change someone like them. And so I know you love them. And this is the gospel. And it's good news because their whole life, their whole life they've been surrounded by bad news. But you, you are finally involved in something that could change everything. That could change everything. Who is that? That's Jesus. So on your note card, on your note card, you have a pen. We're going we're gonna to do something. I'm not going to have you stand up and come down to the front. In your seat, I just truly believe that the Lord wants to commission every single one of you to go. To go. Jo- Pastor Joy was praying last night on why XL youth, why we can't grow. Why shouldn't we grow? Why shouldn't this place be absolutely packed? Why why can't this youth group and this retreat get so big to the point where students have to sit in the balcony? Why can't this place get to a point where we're like, man, we may have to do two weeks. You know where that starts? With you. It starts with you having a conversation. Who do you need to have a conversation with?
I want you to pick three names. Three names of people that you need to have a conversation with. For some of you, that's going to be easy. For some of you, you're like, hey, I've been praying for this dude for months. Boom. Confirmation. For some of you, God is calling you to reach, yeah, the bully. Yeah, that person. We know that person. Would you take a risk? So do that right now. Do it right now. Just write. And then do you have, because I, I want you to do it as well. Thank you for, for playing. Can you play that? Do you have that? We're just going to play a song, and it's called Available. And part of the lyrics says, um, here I am, here I am. You can have it all. You can use me. I'm available. Are you available? Are you available for those names that you're about to write down? So do that right now. Just write those names down. Just write those names down. I'm just going to pray, and, and we're going to sit here. But go ahead and write. Go ahead and write. Narrow as the just pull it down just a little bit. Yeah, nice background. I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be. Come on, be sensitive to God's leading. I will give you God wants to instill boldness in you. God wants to put courage in you. He wants to equip you with strength for the battle. Come on, who do you need to have a conversation with? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Some of you are afraid to write the name down because that's going to make it real and you're going to have a responsibility to do it. I'm telling you, you can. I'm telling you, God will help you. I'm telling you that God has strength in you. I'm telling you that you are able, you are able to do this. It's time to share your story. It's time to share what God has done in your life. And once you write those names down, I want you to pray for them by name. I want you to say their name out loud. I'm still praying for Stacy because he's walked away from me. I'm praying for my friend Mikey, my buddies. Come on. When you're done writing, pray. Pray. 